welcome to a bonus episode of the Original Content Podcast. Instead of a full-length review, what I've done here is an interview with Zach Wechter, who's the co-writer and director of Wireless, a new series on Quibi. Now, I know Quibi sometimes, we kind of poke fun at it on the show once in a while, but Wireless is, I would argue, probably the first Quibi series that really shows off what you can do with the format, specifically depending on how you orient your phone, whether it's portrait or landscape, you will see very different things. In landscape mode, you see a traditional movie thriller. In portrait mode, you actually see what's on the main character's phone. So it's a very interesting and interactive experience. I definitely recommend checking it out. And here's my interview with Zach. Hello, I'm here with Zach Wechter, co-writer and director of Wireless, a new program on Quibi, which is I just watched the first episode. It's very cool, but I'm going to let Zach explain it himself. Zach, what is Wireless? Um, Thanks for having me, Anthony. Wireless is a new show on Quibi, and it is the story of Andy Braddock, a 20-year-old college student who is texting and driving in the Rocky Mountains and crashes off the side of a snowy mountain road and gets trapped Um, on the mountainside with nothing but his iPhone to save himself. And this is a a short form show. So the episodes are 10 minutes long. And the unique part, I think, about our show is that it was designed specifically for Quibi's turnstile technology. So when you're watching the show, if you hold your phone horizontally, you see this very traditional cinematic perspective of our story but when you rotate your phone vertically, it's as if the character's phone takes over your own. So, you know, this is a, a, a foray into what Quibi is doing, designing stories specifically meant to be shown on phones. And um, for us, um, a really exciting way to show this story of uh, a, a young guy who is communicating specifically through his device. And we hope a very presence-driven, exciting tale for our viewers. Right. So the big difference, I think, with existing Quibi shows, you know, some of which have done interesting things with this turnstile technology, but fundamentally, a lot of those shows, it's the same. It's just basically two different views on the same footage. You might see, um, Ty, in, an, in another show, you might see Ty Sheridan vertically, or you might see him horizontally, but it's more or less the same thing. Here, you've really created a whole second experience, depending on whether, depending on how you hold the phone, where did that idea come from? I know you've actually made um, some other, another film that kind of had the same idea. Yeah, so, you know, there, there are kind of two different facets of where the idea came from. This was a project that um, Jack Seedman, who I, with whom I wrote the show, and I, we, we, we talked about for a long time the best way to portray the, the the plot of the show that takes place so much on our character's phone. And for a long time in developing the story, I had thought about, you know, how, how do we capture this? How do we capture the experience of the excitement of a uh, texting conversation or the, the thrill of finding some bombshell news over FaceTime? And um, I started thinking about this notion of having the character's phone take over your own. I made a short film a few years ago with um, a collective that I started um, with a couple other filmmakers focused on mobile filmmaking called Pickpocket, 
we made a short film that explored some of this, um, some of these ideas. So it's all vertical and it's this same philosophy of the character's phone screen taking over your own when you watch it on a phone. So with, with wireless, the plot is very, you know, traditional. It, it was really written not with this perspective in mind at first. And it kind of has both of those um, elements, some a, a very exciting traditional thriller and a, a very new sort of phone driven story. So it kind of felt like it afforded the needs of our story, something that felt like it embraced the classicism of a suspense thriller and having the character's phone take over your own. So it was an idea that we had started played with. And when we read about what Quibi was doing with Turnstile, it just felt like sort of a match made in heaven that would allow us to facilitate this idea. That also speaks to one of the things I'm particularly curious about, which is a couple of years ago, I had a chance to interview the director of Searching, which is a film that takes place mostly on a computer screen. And I mean, that's, that's different, but obviously related to what you've done with wireless. And one of the tensions he talks about is wanting, obviously, that technological experience to be a key part of the storytelling, but not have it just feel like a gimmick and still feel like there's a real story there that even if it wasn't necessarily being told that way, there was still, you know, a story worth telling. How did you approach that balance? Well, I, uh, you know, I've looked at a lot of those films and I know Anish who directed Searching and admire a lot of the work that's been done in this similar space. I think for me, um, we really, when it comes to sort of like, you know, how, how did we approach this balance? I never was, was conscious or afraid of this feeling like a gimmick. You know, I think that when people experience this format, it's so familiar. We all spend so many hours on our phone screens every single day that to me, um, it was very intuitive to design it, to design the story to be told in this manner. So, um, you know, all the choices came in working with Ty Sheridan, our lead actor, talking about, you know, how he'd be communicating on phone, on his phone in any given scene, both with blocking you know, it's like, is he leaning in and is, is it intense and is he focused or is he relaxed and is he leaned back? There's a lot that sort of was informed by the nature of his phone being the other character in our show. Um, but ultimately, I just trusted the material. This was like, to me, the perfect expression of this story that we wrote. And so I just focused on making the experience authentic for our character and believable uh, on screen. So it wasn't because you mentioned that the original version of, I guess, the original version of the script, you didn't know this was going to be the format. So you didn't necessarily have to go back and insert a bunch of phone stuff so that there, you could always show something on the vertical perspective. No, it was quite, it, it was quite the obvious, opposite. Because one thing we found in testing was that when the phone plot moved really fast, it, it would be hard, you know, because there are these two perspectives happening at once. Mm -hmm. We had to make a concerted effort to make sure that our viewers don't get lost and that they can keep up because they're, you know, it's very, it's a very fast moving show and it's plot and there's a lot of information at once. So we actually ended up reducing some of the intricacy of the plot happening on the phone screen. And if somebody is watching it and trying to decide whether to watch in landscape or uh, portrait mode, do you have any advice for them? Yeah, my, my advice would be go, go with your gut. I think that we uh, designed the experience specifically to give viewers this uh, freedom to choose at any given point. 
I think for me as a filmmaker, you know, I had a roadmap of uh, when I was hoping that we'd motivate our viewers about when to turn. Different things we learned that would sort of cue our audience, like um, a reaction from Ty, the sound of a notification on the phone, all, all sorts of different elements. But um, I think the most important part of the experience is that we're not indicating when our viewers turn, that it, it becomes this sort of passive but active viewing experience. And I think it's important that viewers decide when they're gonna turn their phones. Was it hard for you as a filmmaker to become comfortable with that? Because you definitely hear about directors who are just so particular about the exact experience they want their viewers to have. You know, I, I was very comfortable with it from, from the beginning. And I, I take solace in saying that because I think the nature of this story is that it's meant to feel very directed. You know, the, sh the story is very buttoned up and very tight. Um, but I knew that empowering our viewers to let them decide when to turn their phones, I put myself in their shoes. And to me, that made it very exciting. So I felt like I did everything I could to make the experience intuitive and, and to have our story sort of um, work, um, you know, no matter when you turn your phone and for it to be exciting in either perspective. But um, yeah, I think, I think it also came with a little bit of give, giving up control, but I was able to become comfortable with that very early on in the process because I had to. Yeah. And so um, I also had a chance to see a virtual press conference that you did with uh, the executive producer, Steven Soderbergh, and with Ty. And it was really interesting to hear about the production because it underlined the fact that there are so many different elements coming together here. There's the sort of traditional cinematic footage of Ty, and then there is what's happening on his phone. And then there's, in the course of all that phone stuff, you have footage of phone calls, other kinds of graphics. So talk a little bit about just how you approached that. Was there sort of one element that you focused on first? I know that you actually did the phone calls live when possible. We did, yeah. We did all the phone calls and all the FaceTime calls live in production, um, as well as all the text message conversations. Um, I think I talked about this in the press conference, but when it came to, you know, th this is a single character, single location film. There was a lot on Ty's shoulders. Um, but we open up the world because we see the people with whom he's communicating on his phone screen. He's got uh, several characters um, that are sort of our supporting cast. And um, it, it was a lot to think about in, in approaching production. You know, it, we had a, a relatively small team capturing what essentially was two feature films in 19 days. And not just two feature films, but two films that had to dance together and work together. So we also didn't have a lot of lead time going into production, but I was left with a lot of confidence for a couple of reasons. I knew that what we really needed to capture going into the shoot um, was all of Ty's coverage and all of our actors' work. Um, that's why I think pairing them and doing these phone calls and FaceTime calls live was essential. You know, I think when you think about, when I think about directing and my job, really the most fundamental part of it to me is making the actors comfortable. And I think that having a scene partner is paramount. So it was a long conversation about why we couldn't just do this recording, um, it, have them act off of a recording and shoot it separately because it took a lot of logistical effort and resources to do it. But it really, I think, makes the scenes feel very alive and realistic. And, um, 
you know, that, that was something I knew we wouldn't be able to recreate in post. And after the fact, what we were able to recreate in post was all of the screen work. So while we had Ty actually interacting with people on the phone, sending texts, going on Instagram, watching TikTok, we knew that in post, in order to make this a very seamless experience, we'd essentially be using that as our guide track, but starting over and recreating this screen work based on his reactions. So I thought a lot about performance going into production. That was a focal point for me that I knew we had to nail, but I knew we had flexibility in, in not only redesigning the screen storytelling methodology for sort of tempo and pacing, um, but also for story. We changed a, a, a lot. We rewrote, we were able to rewrite based on what we felt was working or not working in the edit. Um, and it was, it was a very challenging, very cumbersome, very technical process. And I'm fortunate to have a really wonderful team supporting me and helping navigate these iOS waters together. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much you can talk about this, but one thing I was curious about was also the fact that so you're using an iPhone. He's using all these different apps. You got footage of the, all these different apps. To what extent was there a process of trying to work with Apple and all these other products featured or was it something where you had a, you know, a fair amount of independence to just kind of include what you wanted? Um, we, we had a, we had a fair amount of independence, you know, we um, essentially were able to use all the different apps and methodology and, and components of the phone uh, as I had always envisioned it in the script. So um, I think it was something I wasn't sure about going into pre-production, but very quickly was met with um, um, support and getting to tell the story right. Mm -hmm. So uh, hopefully people will be watching the first episode of Wireless this week. So after they've seen that kind of initial setup, what can you say about what they should expect in coming weeks? Good question. I, uh, I, I think that in, in the coming weeks, um, after you, you know, I hope you will check out the first episode. And after episode one, um, you know, we're building something. We're building something and the plot starts to move. And um, I think the more you experience the story in turnstile, the more intuitive it becomes. And um, it, it, Andy, Andy, as you'll see, is having a very hard day in episode one and the day just gets harder. So uh, I hope you'll, you'll be interested to continue checking out the show as it unfolds. And um, I mean, one thing that even is clear in the first episode is the fact that it's, as you said, it's, it's in, in some ways there's this sort of traditional thriller plot, but it's also about Andy's relationship with his phone. When you were writing and, and directing it, I mean, did you feel like there was a particular idea that you wanted to get across? I mean, not to be too simplistic, but just, you know, obviously part of it is about the idea of how much we've made a phone a part of our lives, how much we allow it to distract us. Did it make you think about your own relationship with your phone? Yeah, I think, yeah, yes to all of those things. I think that, you know, there are a lot, there's a, there are a lot of themes that Jack and I chose to explore in writing the script. Um, and I think that um, in a lot of ways, especially because of how I was able to shoot it, shoot the show, the medium really is the message in large part. You know, I, I do hope that people will watch this and think about their relationship to their devices. Um, and I also hope that artists will watch this and start to consider the possibilities of uh, a, a phone as, you know, 
um, just a new medium and a new sort of canvas for, for, for storytelling. Um, yeah. So it didn't feel like at the end that you had sort of exhausted the possibilities of how you can use a phone to tell stories. You still feel like there are other projects that you and other directors could do that utilize the phone in a similar way. I think so for sure. I, I really hope that this inspires um, other other filmmakers to consider the possibilities. I feel really like we're we just scratched the surface with this. I hope it's it's uh, we're starting off with with a bang here. Um, and you know we're not the first project to be designed to be watched on phones. There are other shows that have come out on Quibi and and, and other projects across the board. But um, I, I very much feel that the phone is is a really unique viewing device. You know, it's different than a movie theater. It's different than a TV screen. It's different than your computer. You know, it's very small. It's very small. You hold it in your hand. There are all sorts of functions beyond just displaying picture and video. Um, and I think that for us in our day-to-day lives, the way we consume content on phones is very different than TV, you know, when we sit down on the couch to watch a TV show or go to the movie theaters. So I feel like based on my instinct and the amount of time I spend watching TikTok um, in, in, in comparison to anything else I'd watch on a traditional TV screen, I think there's a, a bright future here in, in phone storytelling. I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I'm excited to keep exploring it. Well, those are the questions I have. Is there anything else you want people to know about wireless? Well, I, I, I think that it's a, it's a unique show and um, you know, it's, it's, it was a very technical endeavor in making it, but I think uh, for viewers, um, I hope you'll check it out. And, and I think what you'll discover is the process in watching it is very intuitive. If you have a phone, if you know how to hold a phone in your hand, um, this show was designed for you and we're excited for it to come out in a few days and to start hearing uh, what, what people think. Yeah, and I fully second what you said that it, to me, I was wondering if I was going to be wondering about how to watch it, but it, it felt totally natural to me. And I think it is safe to say that it is different from any viewing experience I've had. So I really do recommend people check out Wireless. Zach Wechter, thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me.